renowned makeup artist, pioneer of no makeup makeup, and now the founder and CEO of Jones Road Beauty, Bobby Brown is an industry legend. Stay tuned as we dive into her incredible journey from building her first namesake brand to launching Jones Road 25 years later. Hi everyone and welcome to Founder Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Main has been an incredible journey so far, and I decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's like to welcome our guest for today, Bobby Brown. As one of the world's most renowned makeup artists and beauty founders, Bobby Brown almost needs no introduction. She revolutionized the beauty industry, not only with her natural approach to makeup, but also by setting the standard for skin tone inclusivity with a persistent focus on diverse shade ranges. The launch of Bobby's new brand, Jones Road Beauty, marks 25 years since she sold her original line to Estlauder, and with it comes everything that we associate with Bobby Brown, clean, purposeful, and premium products that master effortless beauty for every kind of skin. Having authored several books on the topic and gone viral on TikTok for her videos and makeup, it's clear that Bobby's outlook on beauty has struck a chord and remains twofold, contemporary and timeless. So I'm so honored to have her with us today. So Bobby, thank you for being with us. Oh, my pleasure. I've been looking forward to talking to you. So I asked all my guests the same question. Going to ask you, who in a nutshell is Bobby? Who is Bobby? Oh my God. Well, it's probably a different answer if you ask me than if you ask my kids or people that work with me. But Bobby is someone who is incredibly um, curious and open to new ideas and not afraid to try something that might not work. And I can really see that. And um, I, I, I really think like for me anyway, having those kind of values is can be so important just to keep with you through everything you do, especially business. And I love that exactly what you said there. I see in all the businesses you've created. But before we go into them, I do want to start a bit at the beginning. Um, so I know you were born in Chicago. Do you have any like first memories of beauty that you remember growing up with? Well, I grew up in a house with a very glamorous, beautiful mom. And I do remember her getting ready for date night, which was Wednesday night and Saturday night. And I would just watch her put her makeup on. And she was so glamorous. And if I ever tried doing it to myself, I looked ridiculous. So you know, I think having a glamorous mom kind of yeah. sent me in the direction of being myself. I love that. I mean, I can relate. My mom is um, always been, everyone has been saying like she, even now I'm like, people are saying she should model and I've, she's just been such a beacon of beauty for me. Uh, so we actually recently, fun fact, um, we put her in our campaign for our new launch in January that's going to come out. And my sister is so funny. She's like, I'm like a 
mum should start modeling and going into the industry. And Nikki's like, no, 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 she's exclusive to us. And I'm like, all right, that's a bit bad for her career, but <laughs> I'll take it. Aww. Well, well so, yeah. what does mom, what does mom want? Mom, mom, the funny thing is mom wants what the kid, kids want. That's what she tells us. So it's kind of, <laughs> but I think yeah. secretly she, she wants to be, I think she'll be open to it. Cause she's like, always like, what really? And I saw her on set and I was like, oh my God, like I was in tears. So, oh. um, yeah, please, please share with me. I will, I will. And I think, yeah, I, I, and I yeah. think you, and maybe you can do something together too, because she's got the most beautiful skin. She's uh, nearly 60 years old, but she looks like 30 and she's got blonde hair. And yeah, she's amazing. Mm. You, you, you'd love her. Aww. But going on, um, I want to talk a bit about your, um, I know you studied theatrical makeup and photography in Boston. Um, what was that like, kind of starting off your first experiences in, I guess, in, in school and stuff, but in theatre? Um, and with theater makeup? Well, when I found Emerson College, it was the third college I was looking for. I didn't know what I wanted. And I went there because they had something called an interdisciplinary degree, which I still don't know what that means, but it basically meant that I could really? make up my own my own major. So now, it, now it's very entrepreneurial. But in the beginning, it was called interdisciplinary. So I created... A, a degree in theatrical makeup with a minor in photography. And it was my job to really build what my classes were. I had the requirements, but whatever other things. And I just went wild. And I was the one that volunteered to do makeup for every school, you know, production for film, for whatever was happening. And I took speech classes and it's all kind of, now I understand who and why I, I do what I do. I love that. And then, so I know, then you moved to New York and that's when you really started your main career as a professional makeup artist. What was that like? And how was that early years there? Well, I stayed after graduating college for one year in Boston and I tried to work, but there really wasn't much of a market. I waitressed, which is an important thing that I think everybody should do. And then I moved to New York without knowing anyone. And I'm like, all right, how do I figure this out? So I just started asking questions, meeting people, opened up the yellow pages, looked up, you know, modeling agencies, photographers, and I started to build a portfolio. And that's really how I got started. Do you have like the earliest memories of your first, um, I I guess, first breaks or first, I guess, I don't know what the right word is, but those kind of aha moments and, okay, this is like a, this is starting something. Do you remember those early, early gigs? Well, I remember. I remember my first job. My first job was with Glamour magazine and it was doing um, just an exercise story, a one page exercise story with like, you know, a lot of pictures of a dancer showing women how to exercise. So I, I did hair and makeup because I lied and told people I did hair, which I don't. And I just remember when the magazine came out and on the side it said makeup by, it was, you know, like it was everything to me. So that's how I started. And then I had a goal to make it in the fashion industry as a makeup artist. It wasn't a very popular, uh, you know, crowded as it is now, but it's still, there were still a lot of people, you know, in it. And a lot of people from the UK were starting to come over to New York to make their ways. And I had one goal, which was to get a Vogue cover. And it took me seven years and I got a Vogue cover with Naomi Campbell as a model. 
But how did that feel like seeing it in print, like in front of your hands? That must have been like it was. It was amazing. It was amazing, and I remember at the time I was engaged to my husband. I was living outside of the city, and I was in a location van, and he brought it to me. And I just remember, you know, wow. First of all, it was so nice that my husband got an early copy because he knew someone that worked there, and it kind of was my last like moment to try to make it in the fashion industry because I kind of chose more my life mm-hmm. over, you know, trying to be like a, even a more top makeup artist. And that's how I got the idea for a cosmetics line because I just didn't want to travel and be away from my husband and eventually my, my child. So I said, all right, well, I, what am I going to do while I'm staying at home? I mean, that's beautiful because I think we sometimes forget like in all the craziness of work and stuff what do we want like really us like and be a bit still in those thoughts uh I had to do that quite recently when I was in Dior and oh. and, and actually how I did it was really funny it was in a plane where I had no phone no distractions and I literally wrote down on a piece of paper mm. all the kind of what, what what makes me happy and what do I want to do and I, I crossed mm. out mm-hmm. the things that didn't like zing, I guess, in my mind, in my heart. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I ended up boiling down to putting myself first, not what people think and what industry thinks. It's like what, what I thought. So it's very important to do that. Yeah, that's it's, it's, and it's the best part about getting older is realizing how important that is. Yeah. And by the way, when I say stay home, I still continue to work as a makeup artist, yeah. but I didn't, I didn't accept the travel trips. So I didn't, you know, I didn't work with some of the people that always traveled for editorial I would do more things in studio, but then I also focused on this new business idea I had. And it was, you know, about around a lipstick and, you know, the rest is history. So, I mean, just to, I, I mean, I really want to focus on Jones Road because that's where for me, the, the, it's so exciting to see what you're creating and I'm obsessed with the brand, but I do want to touch a bit about that. So 1991, obviously Bobby Brown was launched, but when was, how many years before that were you starting this? journey of creating that lipstick and building the business? I I would say probably a a year, year and a half, you know, and, and I came, I came to this lipstick moment accidentally as everything in my life is pretty much happened that way. I met a chemist and he told me he could make a lipstick. And I told him I had an idea for a lipstick that didn't smell bad, wasn't greasy. Like I told him exactly what I wanted. Yeah. And back and forth, mailing it back and forth, he made it for me. And he said, all right, well, I'll give them to you. We'll split the proceeds and we'll start, you know, we'll start selling them, which I did out of my house. So probably a year, year and a half before I entered into a department store, I was just mailing them from my house and selling them to models and friends. And a friend of mine who actually worked at Glamour Magazine wrote about this new indie cool little lipstick thing. And I got bombarded with offers. And then, you know, there wasn't a a thought, a strategy about how to get it in store. But I met at a party, this really nice lady that um, was a cosmetics buyer for Bergdorf. So I told her about what I was doing. And that's how I launched Bergdorf Goodman. That's amazing. Also, uh, Glamour was an integral part of, I guess, your early career as well with your first... uh, gig and also that's very cool um but yeah so you launched, yeah. launched in Bergoff um and then there was a couple of years of like you know what were some of the highlights after then in terms of building the business 
Well, it was really interesting because we had business partners that we launched it with, my husband and I and this other couple. And we, you know, it was not an easy relationship. It was a super tough relationship for many reasons. Mm -hmm. And and I was not happy, but, um, you know, I was young and didn't know you know, my, my own strengths. And, you know, I dealt, I dealt with whatever, you know, was that I had to deal with, but at the same time, I was still a working makeup artist. I had my second child, I was commuting to the city. And then one day, uh, you know, we were the number one line at Bergdorf Goodman in four years, we were the number one line at Neiman Marcus. And then one day we get a phone call from Estee Lauder that you're beating us in the stores. We'd like to buy you. And I said, well, we're not for sale. Yeah. But then I realized, you know, okay, maybe it's not a bad move. Definitely. No. And I think um, knowing when it's, when it's, you know, having the right partner to, to take you again to, to new different uh, stages, but also to take away things that perhaps when we create our own business, there are things that we enjoy and things that maybe... We don't enjoy it. At the beginning, you've got to do it all. Right. But later on, I think there's right. a time where, I mean, I'm two and a half years in and uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it, but I'm starting to realize now what I, yeah. what I don't enjoy. And certain things right. like operations and inventory and demand yeah. planning. I'm like, I wouldn't mind a partner to take all of that away from me. Right. But um, I think, you know. Right. You but if, wanna, but if you yeah. have a partner, yeah. if you have a partner, you also have to give away a lot That's of your money. So I would ask you, well, why wouldn't you just hire someone, exactly. you know, like a COO to take those things from you and, you know, someone who's experienced and is almost like a Swiss army knife could be, exactly. you know, in, could do this, 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 and this. And that's so valuable. And that's actually what we're, we're doing currently, actually, is I, I've just invested in in more team. And today, me and my sister still own 100%. We're, you know, we're self-funded. I haven't taken any VC wow. money yet. Um and me I'm neither. Gonna, and I'm, that's the right way. I mean, you know, I, mean, I know you learned yeah. from other businesses and my dad has learned from him. So I've, I've just heard from stories. And I think the way I want to build my company now is my way, my pace, my growth. You know, that's kind of like the way I want to. A hundred percent. Very important. But I have to tell you, no one, no one does it this way. No. No one does. I mean, it's honestly, it's the way I did both brands. Yeah. No, it's not easy. That's but, right. but, and, and everyone is in a rush. Like That's these founders crazy. call me and they're like, oh my God, I need to get a series A and a series B. And, a th- and I need I'm to think like, about my whoa, exit whoa, whoa, already. Whoa, yeah, but down. people are thinking right. about exit today. And, and I even said this right. to my retail yeah. partners. I said, and I said quite, a, I think a profound thing to my merchants. And I said, tell me, I said one thing that like you can shelf space, this and that, but have asked the founders, when are they exiting? Because the last thing you want is to invest in these new brands. And then yeah. they tell you in three years time, they're exiting. And they'll tell you, believe me, they'll tell you. And then you've got to deal yeah. with a conglomerate who will open up other doors and lose your exclusivity and all that stuff. And they're actually listening to me now. And I'm like, I have no plan of exiting. And this is, this, I'm having too much fun here, you know? So um, I'm here in the long run for now. Things will change and you've got to build a business smartly. You know, you've got to be prepared for any stage of life that something could happen. Mm-hmm. But I, I completely full-heartedly agree with you I think there is a lot of that right now and it's a bit of a shame but I think there are some brands there are for sure like ours that are still you know self-funded I was speaking to Joe Malone uh, she was on the podcast and Joe loves is self-funded and same way uh, growing uh, now whether the path is later I don't know you know if they want to exit or not but the point is is it's it's it takes a lot to build it in the in a slow and steady right. 
uh, mindful. I call it mindful pace, you know, mm-hmm. very, very true. Um, well, I explained to everyone when you have a child, it's like having a baby. Yeah. When you have a child, a baby, this baby's born, it takes, first of all, it takes nine months to prepare for this baby. Then the baby comes, you got to figure out how, what to do with everything, how, how to nurture it. And then you've got to figure out what the baby's personality is and how to slowly grow it. It's a same, your, your company's a baby. You're still in the, you know, in the infancy of, of, or at least you're a toddler. And enjoy every moment. You don't, you don't have a baby and be like, okay, from from two years old, where is it going to college? You don't think like that shit. Exactly. Yeah, you have to enjoy it. You have to enjoy it. And and I think. Well, you're uh, very mature um, for such a young yeah. Man, I, to be able to understand this and think this way. So no, thank you for that. I, I, I owe it to my father, to be fair, like he's my mentor and, mm. and without him, I wouldn't really have this, this knowledge, but I think there's an innate mm. sense of personality that as a founder, I know what kind of founder yeah. I aspire to be and therefore my brand as well. And, um, and, mm. and it's, again, it's kind of this perf- purpose over profit prophecy. I just always say to myself, right. I, I, I have, I've hired the right people to think about the money and the finance, let them do that. But for me, yeah. I have to think about what am I, what am I building here? That's a legacy, but beyond, mm-hmm. yeah, beyond just money and, right. uh, and that. And one, right. one thing I've actually said, which um, I, I probably will articulate this more and more as I do more interviews and stuff, but I, I my exit will be predominantly to my fund. Uh, I want to have this return of impact of mm. like, I've built this brand over many years. I've, I've enjoyed it. And if I do exit or minority acquisition or whatever it is at that point, I want my money to go directly to impact my charity and building, not my personal pocket, because mm. I rather right. with my business a real impact to the planet as opposed to um, buy more houses and <laughs> I don't need that anyway. I'm very content with what I have, you know. Um, so yeah, I think it's, that's that's a good driving factor to know when you're building something that okay, if I do want to make revenue, I feel like it's going towards something better longer term as well. So there's a bit less ego there. But yeah, there's a little bit of something there. But you also need a nice house. You know, you need, you need you also, all those Oh, no, things. I, so I wouldn't need, give all of yeah. it. I wouldn't give all it away. I would keep a chunk yeah, okay, for sure. Right. That, that goes Just without saying. Uh, <laughs> and I need to make sure my children and that, you know, I have to. I, I mean, that's right. just, that's human nature. But I, 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 I think a, a yeah. big chunk will go. Uh, and I become the beneficiary in mm-hmm. that because I feel I get more, I become... I'm a happy person when I feel like there's others, the stakeholders and everything are, are also growing right. as well. It's a, that conscious capitalist approach. Um, but I do want to talk about now. So, okay, needless to say, we all know Bobby Brown. We know the story. We love, we love it. But for me, what's most exciting is, and I've, you know, I've swatched your products. I, the first time I experienced your products was, I think it was in Credo, actually, in New York. I was, I was there and I was seeing your range and I was trying it. And then now, obviously... I've seen it everywhere on TikTok, this and that. So I'm just so excited by what's the future for it. But I would love to start at the beginning. And so I know in 2016, I think, you know, from, you stepped down from Bobby Brown, S. Lauder Company. What was the period between the launch of Jones Road and what was the lead up like? Well, when I stepped down, I had no plans because I didn't know that day was going to be the final day. And it was. Yeah. So, um, you know, I ha- when I, when that day happened, I still had four and a half years left on a non-compete. I couldn't be in beauty for four and a half years, which on someone who's as impatient as I am, it was like, you know, forever. Passionate, passionate about beauty. And passionate. So I said, all right, you know, I'm done. I was not going to do another beauty line. And I honestly started doing all these other things. I developed a hotel 
with my husband. I created a wellness brand, a photo and TV studio. Like I didn't just, you know, start going to play tennis with the girls. Like that's just not who I am. And I started realizing how much I love makeup. So with my wellness brand, I would do shoots and be the makeup artist and the stylist and the art director. And that's what really makes me happy. And for some reason, I got a call from uh, the first ever Indian uh, India makeup show. And they asked me to come over and be the keynote, which I was so shocked. It was such an amazing experience because the kind of makeup I do, you don't think of it for Indian makeup. Like, you you know, Indian makeup is all, all of it. But I went there and it was an amazing experience. You know, my, you know, my, my son was just starting to date who is now his wife, who is, who is from families from India. So it was, it was really fun. And then I came home and I got called to create a masterclass for the masterclass um, people about makeup. So I did that. And then I was just, you know what? I missed it. I just missed creating products. I missed creating the marketing, the visuals. And I didn't know if there was like a reason for doing it, but I re- I realized that the way I wore makeup, the way I saw makeup, the way I saw beauty was completely different than mm. what it was, you know, even 5 years ago. I, I realized when I wasn't working and I was doing my own makeup, just so, you know, getting out the door, I looked so much better. Yeah, I looked, I felt more like me, but I couldn't find makeup that allowed me to do it. So I started working with a chemist and I had to find a clean chemist, not because I'm an advocate of, of only clean products, but how do you create a makeup brand in this day and age without making it clean? So you know, I did it. And, um, I also went back to school and got a degree as a health coach. So it all kind of made sense. And so I launched Jones road beauty the day my non-compete was out. And it was a week before the presidential election. It was not an ideal time in anyone's mind, but it, my mind, it was perfect because I had my freedom. Mm. I did it. And then I realized my job is the same as it's always been to educate women how they could use makeup to just look better. My my philosophy is that when you're done doing makeup, you should just look better. And I know um, that the minute the day launched, like the, the, the minute the non-compete finished and you launched, I can't imagine that liberate, that feeling yeah. of just like free. And, it was- and also just like, Let's go. Yeah, you know, it was, ready. It, but, it, but there was also, you know, as someone that I say, I'm not fearless. I was a little worried mm. a, that I was going to be a one yeah. hit wonder. And I was worried that people would say, there's not a lot of payoff because I don't like payoff. Mm. <laughs> I don't want There's, yeah. there's not a ton of payoff unless, unless something needs to have payoff, like mascara, eyeliner, dark shadows like that. I need payoff. But for, I don't, you know, I have a foundation on, I don't want people to know I'm wearing foundation. No, I mean, those are all right feelings, but I think you only really know till you launch and right. you hear the people's experiences yes. with the products. And it's always going to, I mean, we know this now, every product we launch is still the same fear mm-hmm. sets in. And uh, that kind of, kind of like, oh my God, what do the reviews say? Yeah. They're coming in or the sales are coming in, yeah. but it's, but it's, it's part of, it's amazing. It's mm-hmm. part of the journey, which is kind of cool because it feels like we're always learning yeah. and we're always like, it's always something new right. every day. 
that we kind of it's not the same as before um so the name jones rare beauty can you tell us how that was inspired sure i mean i think probably for six or eight months uh i tried to come up with a name that people liked and it just didn't work my husband didn't like it my daughter-in-laws didn't like it the girls in the office and my husband and I were driving to the Hamptons and we we're discussing. Yeah. And he said, look, if you don't have a name that's approved, by the way, because there's some names we liked, but they weren't available. If we don't have it by, mm. you know, the end of next week, we're going to have to move the launch. And I was like, oh, my God. And as he was talking, my head went down. I was on Waze and I saw on my Waze map Jones Road. And I'm like, Jones Road Beauty. And my husband said, oh, my God, I like it. I, you know, texted the girls in the office. They liked it. And guess what? Texted the lawyer. It was available. So it became Jones That's Road. That's very important. <laughs> it, it really, the most yeah. important. And by, and by the way, I'm such a visual person. When I thought of Jones Road, I immediately thought of the UK. It sounded to me like yeah. a bespoke brand that someone said, oh, there used to be a, you know, this beauty line a hundred years ago. How, how could you modernize it? Yeah. So that's what it reminded me. And I'm like, I just thought of all these cool, like, you know, visuals from the UK. And then I also said, well, I can't use Brown. Might as well use Jones. That is amazing. Uh, the name is, uh, honestly, I love the name. And I think you probably know this from just the amount of interaction you've had with people. It's a name that just sticks and it makes mm. sense. And, but it's also got that timeless factor that exactly as you said, mm. you could have seen that name in a, in a brand hundred years ago and probably in a hundred years time too. So I think it's such a, but it's funny how they come to you, these names sometimes. It just can, uh, it's just there. And yeah. then when you know, you know. Uh, but yeah, as, as we rightly said, as long as you can trademark it, class three and all that stuff, that's very important as well. Um, so that's a, that's a hard part today with creating businesses. It's just people are even gatekeeping brand names and, you know, there's all these yeah. issues where even now you've got to think about as simple as social media handles and all this stuff, you know, it's, and website URLs. There's a lot. So it's not as easy to come up with something, yep. um, but yeah, I love the name. So then oh, you launched it. Uh, what were some of the first products you launched? We launched with a very simple range, which was Miracle Balm, which was and is our star, our star category. Four colors. We launched with a really black mascara. We launched with the um, starter kit, which had one, one pencil, one eyeshadow, one lip gloss, so almost the categories were not done yet, but we had these products. And then I think we launched the yep. Sparkle Wash and maybe just a sec eyeshadow. So, um, yeah, and it's in two years we have added category after category and we still have another year and a half of approved mm. things waiting to go. That is so exciting. I mean, what in terms of like, um, I guess surprise, as we said, we have this fear sometimes it's normal. Yeah. When we launch something, how is it going to be perceived? What were some of your like moments where you were like quite emotional and you were like, oh my God, I can't believe this love and hype when I launched this brand, this product? Well, sorry. you know, I, I read all the comments on Instagram and I read all the people and trust me, people yeah. say what they don't like as easily as they say what they do like. And I knew- Oh, more so. Yeah, for sure. right. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah. I was shocked how positive, you know, people were like, so we're so excited you're back, you know, and they- you know, everyone's like, the brand's not the same anymore. But I'm like, it's not about that, guys. It's the new things. And I, I saw that that people were positive. They're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I've never looked better. Oh, my God. 
So I felt that. And, you know, I said to my husband, I think we have a winner. And he's like, it's too soon. It's too soon. And I kept saying, no, no, no. I, I feel the groundswell and it's only getting more and more. Wow. It's so cool. I mean, I, I can tell you, like I do a little sweep, right. Of reviews on people's website. You have like across the board, the most beautiful, like, I mean, the key word I felt was in a lot of them, which is such a testament to the product performance is Holy Grail. Like, mm. I saw that a lot in all your uh-huh. reviews. And I think it's really exciting and, and quite a, a, a saturated industry um, in all, in all verticals to come up with something innovative, but also needed is, is a challenge. You know, um, it can be easy, but it takes time. So, you know, and we have cadence of launches, retailers, all that mm. kind of stuff. But um, I'm really, I think like, I can really see that you put so much love in every product launch. Oh, well, really, well, really comes to well thank you. And by the way, it's not hard to do for me because if you, if yeah. honestly, I, I have over 30 years experience, maybe true. even 40 in not yeah. only a makeup artist, but also, you know, leading a formula group. So the combination you of, know. I know. So yeah. I'm like, yes, when I put it on my skin, I'm like, that looks terrible. I'd never launch it. You know, like labs send me piles, mm. bags of things. And one by one, we try everything on. I almost never find anything I like because it doesn't look good. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and so I am like, no, 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 we need to ask them to do this. You know, and every once in a while, I do find a yeah. formula that I'm like, that is unusual. Like, for example, our eyebrow form formula, the pencils, I didn't create, I didn't come up with this idea, but I found it and I was like, oh my God, it's a brow pencil, but it has little hair fibers in it. So it, it fills in, you know, like thin brows and makes them look thicker. I mean, it makes total sense. That's so. So, so today, where, where can Jones Road Beauty be found? Is it um, which kind of markets, which kind of countries? Well, we're only direct to consumer, except we just open. I mean, we're in you know some some credo stores. Special, you know, think, yeah, that's yeah. and that's been more of a pop up, so that's not forever. But yeah, Liberty. We just opened Liberty London um, two weeks ago. Yeah, that's I why think. you came to London. I that's, saw. Yeah, that's so exciting. So it's been amazing. They gave us five windows. We hired. A local, yeah, we, we, by the way, they gave them to us. So, you know, as a founder, what they, what it usually costs and how I got into, and how I got into Liberty is I asked someone I know who was in charge of, you know, the beauty hall and I emailed her and I said, we're not opening retail. I want to open one, either a pop-up or my dream would be to open Liberty. And basically I got an email back. OMG. And we hopped on the phone and she said, I'll do anything. This is the most exciting news. Wow. So we, we, we don't have a retail strategy. I do not want to be in retail for as long as possible. Been there, done that. Yeah. And so we're direct to consumer, you know, we'll do pop-ups strategically and which is the smartest thing. Yeah. yeah. And you know, we don't have to, we're still, our growth is has been, it's, I think, a little faster than I would have liked, but where it's the train, the train has left the station already. So we're, you know, going with it. I feel you. And, um, yeah. you know, a, a big reason is our head of marketing, who happens to be my son, is like brilliant, wow. brilliant in marketing, but no, no cosmetic experience. Everyone he's hired yeah. are amazing at what they do, zero experience in cosmetics. So I did not hire anyone yeah. from marketing, you know, uh, or and, and many other jobs from the beauty industry. 
I hired people from D2C brands. That's the best. And I, I think also, especially when you're building a D2C platform, you're using social media and I'm sure having that really creative mm-hmm. outlook from your son into marketing is why you've had such success on TikTok, for example. And, and, um, and I think that's, I, I hear what you say when you say it's not as I would have expected. It's like, you don't, you never know what you can expect when you go on these platforms because tomorrow you wake up and everything's sold out and you're like, how did this happen? And it's like, oh, we went viral on TikTok. Never planned. Yeah, it happened. Um, we were, we went viral in scary. January. <laughs> we went viral in January. It quadrupled already gigantic sales. And then we were out of stock for three months, three, four months. So now we're basically in stock, but we ran out at Liberty. We ran out of our top sellers and they kept bringing more in and we kept running out. I think now we've increased it five times since we launched Liberty. Wow. And I also think going back to your point on, on the windows and stuff, I think there's a really important message there for founders listening that like the rule book doesn't exist. Like if you can always with relationships, always work together. Like I remember when I was with Sephora Dubai, we got the window space for free. And uh, now with Selfridges, we did you know, something similar. And you can hustle a bit. You yeah. Can try, you know, you can be... Negotiate. You know, what yeah. do you need to do? Negotiate. Don't yeah. you think this is what... And this is what actually... The danger sometimes comes when you hire too many people from the same industry and from having too many right. of the same um, kind of corporate experiences. Because they think they know what they know. And the rule book is roughly, they think it's copy and paste. Right. But right. actually, it mm-hmm. isn't. Like, I'm an engineer for four years. I come into the beauty industry thinking very differently. But I worked in Estee Lauder companies. I worked at Dior. I'll be honest, probably going to make a few people upset, but I wouldn't hire really anyone from Estee Lauder companies or Dior in my company just because I really want to be a bit different to what they've yeah. been trained in. Right. And there are, some, there are some amazing people, don't get me wrong, but... There are a lot of um, yeah. same, same type of mindset right. people. Yeah. And, and the world so has changed. I love what you said that. Yeah. And the world has the changed. World has the world has changed. How, exactly. we, how we share information has changed. Exactly. You know, and how people buy things have changed. Exactly. And I think that's where D2C, I think, is there's so much more to scratch. It's easy to just open up some retail doors and get some more sell through. But investing in your D2C, you're you know, owning the data and relationship with your consumers mm-hmm. firsthand. Right. Is, is, is clearly the future. We all know this. We've seen articles and stuff. And I think that's where, for me, it's, it's, uh, I think it's really, really cool that you've, you've stayed true to your, your guns right now. And I think pop-ups is a perfect way to still have physical experiences mm-hmm. at a cost-effective way in different places, trialing different communities and, and being different. I think pop-ups are, I think, one of the most powerful things, especially now post-pandemic. Um, so that's very, very exciting. Um, I do kind of want to ask before we go to like kind of fire around and, and wrap it up, cause I know you probably have a busy day and we can speak all day, but, um, what's sort of the future for Jones Road Beauty for you now? Anything on the horizon you can share? Well, certainly it's, you know, hopefully we'll have a couple freestanding stores in the next year. One in New York, Amazing. one in maybe yeah. Florida where my husband and I spent our winters and maybe one in Chicago where I'm from. Well, you know, we'll see that. And then, um, you know, there's new products and, yeah. you know, I, I don't, I don't know. And by the way, I don't, when people ask me, what do you want to do with this brand? I only know what I don't want to do. I don't want to sell it to a big company where, um, I stay working with it and I don't, you know, so I know I did that once and it was amazing for many years, but then, you learned a lot. You know, then it and wasn't. Then I know. Yeah. I, le- I learned everything and it was, you know, it was amazing. It was, 
but I don't want to do that again. And I, and I really value the honesty there as well, because I think it's very important. Like I'm, the, I'm right now, I get asked all the time, especially in interviews, yeah. are you going to sell? We're going to do, even asked by my team, right? Mm-hmm. They want to know when are you going to sell? I'm like, I don't know. Um, I mean, I kind of, yeah, exactly that. I know what I don't want, but mm-hmm. I have had really great mentors and friends like, you know, like yourself and, and Joe and, and I've had conversations because they've reached out, right? These conglomerates as they do at early stage, try to like, mm. yeah. you know, mm-hmm. we're interested. And I've had, I've had conversations with big ones where they're like, and it's kind of wrong. They're like, we really want an Ayurvedic brand in our portfolio. And you're the one we're looking for. And I'm like, why only one? And I'm right. one. Yeah. That's already saying all the, all the wrong things to me. <laughs> like you only have one space, but also it's like, I'm not a tick box and I'm not going to be, no. this is my, this is my grandma right. in a nutshell. This is an homage to her when she passed away. Like, uh, I'm not going to yeah. you know, ruin the image for anyone. Right. So uh, yeah, yeah. I still, we, we still don't know, but that's the beauty. Mm-hmm. We're having fun. That's the yeah. most important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so before I go to fire round, I have a desert island situation for you. So you're invited to a founded beauty retreat um, and you know what's coming. I'm going to be really mean. You can only bring one Jones Road beauty product with you. What is currently or what is your go-to? And you know, maybe desert island is a factor to consider. Is there a mirror on this desert island? We'll, we'll provide a mirror. Yeah, I can make that happen. Well, that, I, that, that, I mean, mirror is a tough one because do I get rid of dark circles? Do I add color to the face? Do I throw in a mascara? So... If I could only pick one, it would have to be the Miracle Balm because luckily I wear glasses. So if I'm a little tired and don't have mascara on, but the Miracle Balm I could use as a tint to the skin, as a moisturizer, as a lip product, as an eye product, and as a hair hair gel and body cream. So it's kind of one and done. Amazing. I love that. Um, fire round questions. The first question I have is what's another beauty brand that you're currently loving right now? Well, I use the Augustina Spotter moisturizer. I, I swear by it. It's it's amazing. And, um, you know, that's one of my favorites. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. And and it's actually really funny. Right now, my, my dad um, is currently with him in with Deepak Chopra in Dubai. And my dad was like, there's this man who's got this doctor, amazing product. And I was uh, like, I think that's I know so what funny. you're talking about. Yeah, so, uh, yeah they're there currently. So it's small world. Uh, um, uh, uh, my next question is, what's a guilty pleasure of yours? Well, I think it's a, it's two. I, I like nothing better than having my favorite drink, which is vodka on the rocks with three olives and some, uh, you guys call them crisps, yeah. but potato chips. Potato chips. Potato chips over French fries, because I like really crispy things. I'm the same. It's my, I'm very, I crunchy over savory, uh, over sweet yeah. any day. I love it. Yeah. Um, but it's good to know. So when you come home to our family yeah. home for dinner, I know now what to serve you. Yeah. No, not, <laughs> I'll serve you food, not just potato uh, chips, but I'll make sure three olives. Uh, uh, well, you, you know, <laughs> and, I'm a snob, I'm a snob about Indian food because oh. my, daughter-in-law and her mother are amazing amazing chefs oh well when you come home you have home cooked indian food Uh, in my family so we'll arrange that when you're next in london um my next question is what are you currently watching or reading well i'm it, it came back last night and i i actually waited because um i i really wanted to focus on it the crown is back back yeah. Um, and I cannot, I cannot wait. So that is what I am watching. And I can't wait for Ted Lasso. Yeah. He's my other favorite, you know, guilty pleasure. Yeah. Oh, amazing. They're actually filming. I have a friend who's one of the actors in there and he was just telling uh, me they're currently filming a season right now in London, in England. So, uh, yeah. Cool. It's cool. Crazy. 
Um, my next question is, do you have a favorite social media platform right now? I have so many. I was really into like food ones and photography ones. Now it's just really my kids. I love watching my yeah. kids, especially, you know, one of them had a baby. The other one was living yeah. in Europe for a while. And, and my own baby, who's 24, is, 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 this, is on this major adventure in life. And I, that's how I learn everything, is watching them. Oh, that's, I love that. Uh, next question is, do you have like a favorite quote or, yeah, like a, something you keep close to your chest, like a saying? Well, I say to myself all the time, push back and breathe. Like, I, it's not a saying, but I tell myself, take a breath. I, I, I am someone that speaks before I think about what is going to be said. And I'm, you know, especially working with a lot of young people and working with my children. I need to kind yeah. of, you know, things were more accepted when I was in a different situation. Now it's like, okay, I'd like to take it down a notch before I speak. No, yeah, it's very, very important. I love that. And my, my last question I'm actually curious to hear this. If if you weren't like in the beauty industry, and it's very hard because right, we love what we do, so it's very hard to think what we if we didn't do this. But if we weren't, yeah, if you weren't a beauty entrepreneur, what would Bobby be doing right now? Well, I, I'm going to give you two answers. One that um, I don't have necessarily the talent for, but I wish I did, and the other that I think I can do well. The first thing I don't have the talent for, I'd love to be a professional uh, dancer. Wow, amazing. Love to dance, and I am taking hip hop classes. I'm taking private hip hop classes once a week. I post them on my social media, and uh, you know, hopefully, I'm getting better. Oh, I love that. So, but if I wasn't do, yeah, if I wasn't doing what I'm doing, you know, I have a degree as a health coach. I would probably do health and life coaching because, especially at my stage of my life, I I understand so much more that than I did when I was in my 20s, 30s, and even mm. 40s, that I would be happy helping people navigate what they're struggling with. Oh, well, honestly, I, I could speak to you all day, Bobby, but I mean, we're, we're going to meet more in person. But for everyone listening, where can they continue to follow you and Jones Road's beauty journey? Well, you could certainly look at um, just Bobby, D-O-T-C-O-M. So D-O, it's just Bobby, D-O-T-C-O-M. If you go to the brand Bobby Brown, that's not me. Yeah. People still don't understand that. No. And, jo- and Jones Road is, jo- is, yeah, Jones Road is Jones Road Beauty. And the Just Bobby is also TikTok. So yeah. e- either of those. And I seem to answer a lot of people back. So that's amazing. Well, I'll put all the links in the summary um, and so everyone knows the right links to follow and to go to and um, Bobby it's been such a pleasure and honor I've been looking forward to this for so long and just want to say thank you for making the time and sharing all your wisdom it's amazing oh, my, my pleasure and make sure you get my cell number text me anytime you have any you know business things and, I will you know I'll calm I'll calm you down I, I will yeah. I will thank you hope you enjoyed this episode of founded beauty as much as i had making it and if you did please share it with a friend who you think will love it too founded beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as apple Podcasts, spotify amazon music podcast the acast app and many more and i'm also very proud to be part of the acast creator network so be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop we really appreciate every single follow listen share and review It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach 
new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable and Main goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops.